स्टोरीज फ्रॉम उपनिषद्स रिटोल्ड बाय अर्घ्या गोस्वामी हेलो फ्रेंड्स एंड विश यू एंड योर लव्ड वंस अ वेरी हैप्पी दीपावली आफ्टर अ हेटर्स फॉर अबाउट अ वीक और सो आई एम बैक विद अ न्यू स्टोरी फ्रॉम बृहद अरण्यक उपनिषद Today's story will mark the beginning of the one of the most important chapters mentioned in the largest of the Upanishads. In Madhukhanda portion of the Brihada Aranyaka Upanishad present a series of dialogues and debates between the great Maharishi Yajnavalkya and other eminent scholars of ancient Vedic India such as Gargi, Vachaknavi, Maitri, Udalaka, Ashwala, Arthabhaga and many others this upanishad not only provides insights into yagyavalkya's explanation of immortality brahman atman space and time but also feature number of women scholars and philosophers of ancient india such as maitri the second wife of yagyavalkya and gargi vachaknavi It is also believed that the large part of this Upanishad was composed by sage Yagyavalkya himself. Yagyavalkya's debates with number of scholars have been well documented in Brihadaranyak Upanishad. Since today's story is on Yagyavalkya's, so for convenience I have divided it into three parts or episodes. Part 1 is about the challenge he faces from the scholars Ashwala and Arthabhaga in the symposium. The part 2 will be about the debate between Yagyavalkya and other scholars such as Bhujyu, Usastha and Kahola and the part 3 will describe the debate between one of the greatest women scholar of ancient India Gargi Vachaknavi whose philosophical views are mentioned in Chandogya Upanishad so hold on tight for an epic journey into the deepest thoughts of sage Yagyavalkya Yagyavalkya versus Ashwala and Arthabhaga part 1 Today's story begins in the court room of King Janaka of Videha In my view there may be several King Janaka throughout Indian epics and scriptures as they all belong to lineage of Janakas We find King Janaka of Mithila in Ramayana who was father of Sita Shatapata Brahmana Another ancient scripture tells us that the name Janaka was assumed by the kings of Vidya kingdom. King Janaka was taken as an example in Bhagavad Gita in chapter 3 verse 20 by Lord Shri Krishna. Then one of the king Janaka was a great philosopher and composed Janaka Gita. There is a mention of another king Janaka and his account with the great sage Ashtavakra in Ramayana. Janaka is said to be Mithila Naresh or king of Mithila however please note that Mithila is a city in kingdom of Videha so we can safely assume that king Janaka of Ramayana is a different person as mentioned in today's story in Brihada Aranyaka Upanishad let's continue with that story the king Janaka of Videha himself was very learned and lover of philosophy He wanted to organize a goshti or a symposium of learned scholars on the concept of Brahman. All respected philosophers, sages and scholars were duly invited. 
he well knew that humans by nature will not work without any profitable outcome. Being an idealist and believed in the theory of giving first and receiving afterwards, he announced a healthy package for the winner. He announced that the wisest of the scholar will win 10 gold coins content in the bags fastened in between the horns of a thousand cows. So the winner will take away 10,000 gold coins and 1,000 cows as a prize amount, which was huge. Sages, scholars and philosophers from far and wide attended the symposium. They all settled down in king's grand courtroom. The king announced the grand prize and said, These thousand cows with ten gold coins tied to their horns are for the one who is the wisest among you all. Step forward, take them if you think you are the one. The prize money was incredibly tempting for anyone. Everyone were truly tempted to claim the reward. However, it was also important that in such an assembly of wisest of wise men and women, good manners and humility was valued the most. So, no one came forward and boasted to claim the award. The assembly was in a silence. Each scholar looked at their counterpart if he or she wanted to claim it. Suddenly, a young scholar named Yagyavalkya stood up and told to one of his disciples, Dear Samashravas, please drive these cows home. Just to add on here, the word Samasravas means one who learns how to chant Saman. Thus this implies that Yagyavalkya is well versed in all four Vedas. Let's go back to the story. The student cracked a smile and prepared himself to obey the command of his guru. The student shouted, Hail the prince among the sages! The young scholar, although was a bit rude in his approach to claim the award, but very courageous. As soon as he commanded his student to take away the cows and the gold coins, all other sages and scholars interrupted him. They came upon him like a huge barrier of stone wall. One of the sages fumed, The man is overconfident. Another one shouted, You believe you are the wisest among us? Yagyavalka smiled calmly, shrugged and said, We all will bow to the wisest one among us, don't we? Then after a pause, he said, But we know that we all are here for the cows and the gold coins. This answer irked the sages and the scholars. They fumed after hearing the stark, naked truth from the young scholar. Let's have a debate then. Prove us that you are worthy of those cows and gold coins. We have the best hotel in the kingdom of Videya in Ashwala. He is the best Vedic scholar we have known. Debate with him announced another sage. The royal priest Ashwala stood up. He was an expert in Karmakhanda, the ritual portion of the Vedas. His main theorem was Swargo Kamo Yajeta, that is, the desirer of heaven should perform yajna or sacrifice. He looked upon the religion as it was a contract between God and the man, in which the man offers sacrifice to the gods and they in turn show their grace by elevating the sacrificer to the higher regions of enjoyment. 
अश्वल क्वेश्चन यज्ञवल्क्य आर यू इन डीड द बेस्ट वेदिक स्कॉलर अमोंग बोर्ड एंड सेड विद ह्यूमिलिटी I bow to the best Vedic scholar. I just want the cows and ten thousand gold coins. Ashwala then said, "Then you must debate with me. If you win, you can have your cows." Yagyavalka smiled and sat down in Padmasana. Ashwala questioned, "What happens to the departed spirits? In what kind of celestial regions the departed spirits inhabit? Does it go beyond the clutches of death?" Yagyavalka smiled as he knew that this is a limited vision of life and attainment of heavenly enjoyment is not the highest he replied fire transcends death a hotel or a priest of rigveda uses speech or vak to chant the mantras so speech is the fire with reference to the gods this fire is hotel this fire is liberation if sacrificer look upon them as fire their divine form it conduces to his liberation from death this liberation that consists in looking upon in their divine aspect is also spoken of as resulting emancipation becoming one with the fire which takes one beyond death that consists in attachment to limitations relating to the body and elements then ashwala ask yagyavalka What support does the sky provide to the sacrificer to take him to the heavens? Yagyavalka replied. Through the mind, through the moon which is called Brahman. The mind of sacrificer is the Brahman. This mind is the moon. The moon is Brahman. This moon is liberation. This liberation is emancipation. In other words, what yagyavalkya meant was the mind of the sacrificer is the body and mind of the moon is it reference to the gods the mind in the body is same as the moon among the gods the sacrificer beholds the limited form of brahman among the elements that of his own mind in the body as the unlimited moon through the support of mind viewed as the moon he attains the heaven as a result of his rights or in other words he is released or liberated then ashwala asked yagyavalka how many types of hymns will a hotel perform during the yagya and which would be those yagyavalka immediately replied three types of hymns preliminary sacrificial eulogistic hymns the preliminary hymns are chanted usually before a sacrifice The sacrificial hymns are chanted during performing the sacrifice and eulogistic hymns are chanted in praise of the deities. Then Nashwala asked, "What do you win through them?" Yagyavalka replied, "All this that is living in the three worlds through meditation." Till now, Ashwala's questions were direct and replies he received from his opponent were satisfactory. He decided to level up his nature of questions. He concentrated only on Rig Vedic rituals, so he decided to stalk into other Vedas and their associated rituals. He asked, "How many kinds of oblations will the Ardhvayu priest offer in his sacrifice?" Yagyavalkya replied, 
There are three kinds of offerings in which an Ardhvayu priest will offer in Yajur Vedic sacrifice. Those that blaze up on being offered, those that make great noise when offered, and those that sink on being offered. What Yagyavalka meant was material such as wood and clarified butter blazes up when offered. This represents he wins the world of the gods, for this world shines. Material such as flesh makes great noise when offered in Yagya, and this represents that he wins the world of the dead, for this world is full of uproar. And the material such as milk and soma sink to the earth when offered. This represents that he wins the world of humans, for this world is lower. Ashwala continued his questions. Through how many gods does the priest from right protect the sacrifice? Yagyavalka confidently answered, One, sir, that is the mind. The mind is indeed infinite, and infinite are Vishwadevas. Through this meditation he wins the infinite world. Here Ashwala had played a trick on Yagyavalka while asking the question. He asked how many gods, where the word gods is in plural. In reality, only one god was involved in this yajna. He wanted to confuse Yajnavalka by asking the question in plural. Yajnavalka correctly answered that the god was the mind, as it was through mind, through meditation, the priest does his sacrifices. Mind and speech are two ways of yajna. The priest rectifies his speech through mind, ensuring correct pronunciation of chants, brings in silence whenever he needed to think on before reciting. Thus the mind is that God through which the priest protects the sacrifice. It is also well known that the mind is infinite and the gods identify themselves with this infinity. Now. Ashwala changed his questions to us Samavedic rituals. He asked him, Tell me, Yagyavalka, how many classes of hymns will Udgatar chant in the sacrifice and how are they associated to the body? Three classes, sir. They are preliminary, sacrificial and eulogistical, replied Yagyavalka as he continued his response. The prana, the vital force, is the preliminary hymn. Apana, the outgoing breath, is the sacrificial hymn. And Vayana, the expansive force which governs the movement of prana, is the eulogistical hymn. Ashwala asked again, What do you win through them? The priest wins the earth through preliminary hymn. He wins the sky through the sacrificial hymn. And he wins the heaven through the eulogistic hymn. These responses silenced Ashwala. He accepted his defeat and sat down in his place. The scholars were spellbound to hear such deep and profound philosophy from a young scholar. Friends, if you remember in my previous podcast, episode number 5, The Story of Prana, I have already explained about Hotar, Udghatar and Ardhvayu. 
I hope you remember them. Just for convenience, for the listeners who have tuned in today, Hothar are the priest who sacrifices using Rig Vedic hymns. Udgatar are the priest who sacrifices using Sama Vedic hymns. And Ardhvaryu priest who sacrifices using Yadur Vedic hymns. So going back to the story, there was a pin drop silence in King's courtroom. All scholars and sages looked at each other with an inquisitive look, wondering who will be the next to challenge Yagyavalka. After a while, the sage Garat Karava Arthabhaga, son of sage Ritabhaga, from the lineage of sage Jaratkaru, stood up. Everyone looked at him as he challenged Yagyavalka. Yagyavalka greeted the great sage with folded hands. Arthabhaga questioned, Can you tell me how many grahas and atigrahas are present? Friends, just to make it simple here, grahas means sense organs and atigrahas means his respective senses. Yagyavalka didn't waste a second to reply to this question. He promptly said, There are eight grahas and eight atigrahas, sir. Arthabhaga quickly asked him, then tell me, what are those? Yagyavalka replied, Prana, the vital breath, is graha or sense organ, which is controlled by atigraha, the apana or inhalation, for one smells the odor through apana. Speech or vak is the graha or sense organ that is controlled by name as the atigraha, for one utters names through speech. Tongue is one graha that is controlled by taste as atigraha, for one knows the taste through the tongue. Eye is one graha which is controlled by atigraha, color for one who sees the colors through eyes. Ear is one graha that is controlled by the sound as atigraha, as one hears sounds through ears. The mind is one graha and is controlled by desire as atigraha, for one wishes desires through mind. Hands are indeed a graha and is controlled by work as atigraha, for one can perform any work using their hands. The skin is indeed graha and is controlled by touch as atigraha, as one feels touch through the skin. These are eight grahas and eight atigrahas, sir. Arthabhaga again asked Yagyavalka, Since everything in the world is born and imperiled and swallowed by death in form of grahas and atigrahas, so these are all food of death, then who is that god whose food is death? Yagyavalka thought for a while and responded, Sir, Fire is death. It is the food of the water. The one who knows this thus conquers death. Arthabhaga understood the wisdom of Yagyavalka. As he knew, if he had told, death's food is death, then it would have led to an infinite ebb. And if he doesn't mention it at all, then liberation from death in form of grahas and atigrahas would not have been possible. Yagyavalka said that fire is death because it is the destroyer of all. However, 
fire itself if put off by water so fire becomes the food of water or in other words water's food is death so water swallows the fire it also swallows up the grahas and atigrahas and when it is destroyed liberation from relative existence become possible then one who knows this actually conquers the death then arthabhaga asked his next question yagavalka so far you have impressed with your knowledge of scriptures and your philosophy now can you tell me what happens to the grahas or the organs when a liberated man dies do they go up with him yagavalka said no sir when a liberated man who has known brahman dies his grahas and atigrahas or organs and senses are merged into him as form of impressions and impel him into actions the organs and senses or grahas or atigrahas become one with the supreme self or atman and attain identity with it the body swells and is inflated and in a state he lies dead so a liberated man after his bondage is destroyed does not go anywhere arthabhaga was not expecting such deep philosophy from a young scholar like yagavalka so he continued to test him yagavalka when this liberated man dies what is that does not leave him yagavalka calmly replied name sir the name is indeed the infinite and infinite are vishwadevas everything else is merged into him as i said and only the name is left as it is eternal the infinity of name is the eternity and vishwadevas possess the infinity of name one who has identified himself with vishwadevas who possess the infinity of the name he wins through this realization that nothing less than an infinite world and he wins the infinite world Arthabhaga was now short of his questions for debate so he decided to ask him one last question when the vocal organ or graha of a liberated dead man is merged in fire the nose in air the eye in the sun the mind in the moon the ear in the quarters and body in the earth the atman of the heart in the supreme self the hairs of the body in the herbs hairs on the head in the trees and blood and seed are deposited in the water where is then the liberated man this was indeed quite deep and philosophical question for yagyavalka so he paused and thought for a while and he replied dear arthabhaga give me your hand we will decide this between ourselves it cannot be done in such a crowded place Let's go outside of this court room and talk it out in between ourselves. Everyone in the court room looked at the scholars as they walked out. Yagyavalka and Arthabhaga came out of the court room and then Yagyavalka said there was only work and what they praised there was also work alone. Therefore one indeed become good through good work or evil through evil work. 
only work takes up the repeated activities via organs and his senses and having accepted time work destiny and god as causes only by repeated work of grahas and atigrahas good work is enjoyed by following the scriptures harmony of scriptures and it alone leads to all that the man aspires that it becomes opposite that is evil when they don't follow the scriptures evil work subjects a man to sufferings through repeated births and deaths in moving and stationary bodies full of pain including lower animal spirit and denizens of hell as this arthabhaga was convinced with the knowledge and wisdom of yagyavalka and accepted his defeat and came back to his seat yagyavalka being victorious in the debate with two eminent scholars were about to leave when suddenly he was stopped by bhuju the grandson of lahya friends that was the first part of the story of yagyavalka when he was challenged by two eminent scholars of ancient india from a story point of view these are very simple dialogues between yagyavalka and others but in reality these stories present higher thinking and deep inner meanings i have tried to explain some of these concepts while i narrated the story one of the most important concept which was discussed in the story was about the bondages in form of grahas and atigrahas that is sense organs and their senses these together binds a man into more worldly realm however when he transmigrates and gets liberated from this bondage by virtue of death he travels into the realm of death he can also liberate himself from death as there is death of death that is water the liberated man dies he does not go anywhere everything about him is gone except his name through the bodies and sense organs of those that transmigrate and those are due to be liberated at death are equally connected with their causes the bodies and the sense organs of the liberated are however discarded while those of the transmigrating set are repeatedly taken up to work and when exhausted everything is destroyed except the name this is liberation In the next episode we will continue Yagyavalka's debate with other scholars so stay tuned for more until then Shanti 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 This podcast was created on Hubhopper Studio If you wish to start your own podcast for free visit www.hubhopperstudio.com